afternoon, universe. Welcome to another episode of Cross Defense, your Monday afternoon worldview demolition specialist, breaking down the stronghold bad opinions of the enemy and setting up shop with the mighty fortress of our Lord's most holy and inerrant, inspired, unending word. I'm your host, Pastor Jonathan Fisk, and we are on a quest, a quest to believe in the in the sincerity, in the, in the reality, in the infallibility of Christian dogmatics. That is to say... That truth is such that it never stops being truth. No matter where you are, no matter what happens in life, no matter what culture or context you find yourself in, when God speaks, he speaks the same thing. And he does so with not only just the the, the insistence that, but the gift that, the gift that we speak it back to him. We confess, we same say. St. Paul tells us to it this tells us this this way. He says, hunger for the truth. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Because the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Rather, to suit their own desires, they're going to gather together teachers to teach what their itching ears would rather hear. But you, you, hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught and so encourage others. To help us work our way through Francis Pieper's Christian Dogmatics confessing this fact, pages 58 and 59 today, we have on the line, Pastor Sean Danzer, he's pastor at Trinity Lutheran Church and Peace Lutheran Church, both up there in the area around Barney and Great Bend, North Dakota. And we also have Pastor Brian Wolfmuller, he's pastor at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado, recent author of Has American Christianity Failed from Concordia Publishing House as well. Regular guests here on Cross Defense, again, ready to dig into Dr. Francis Pieper's Christian Dogmatics. We're going to pick up at page 57 at the very bottom, but we're really getting into page 58 in this whole segment, which is going to go on for like another 30 pages. So we're going to be a little repetitive for a while, but establishing and countering the argument that scripture is not objective or that theology is not knowable. It cannot be known. And we're going to be doing this not only in terms of the reasonableness of believing in a God who can make himself known, but also looking at some of the texts that Dr. Pieper would have us look at, where the scriptures say this much as well. So, gentlemen, thank you for being on the show. Welcome to the show. I'm going to go ahead and just dig us in by reading some of this uh, opening segment here on page 57 at the bottom, really moving on to page 58, where... Dr. Pieper says this. He says, Our old Lutheran theologians, too, that is also, insist on the divine doctrine. For them, theology is simply the compilation, systematizing of the divine doctrine contained in Scripture. So, I mean, I mean, maybe we live in an age where we are so off the off the, the course of the church that we should be on that we can conceive of theology as something that we don't even want to talk about it at all, right? That theology is is a bad word, just like doctrine is. But if we take this in terms of theology and its meaning as a word, the knowledge of God or words about God, what he's saying is that if we are going to know who God really is, this is going to be because he gives this knowledge to us. And the place where this has happened is in the Holy Scriptures of Christianity. Pastor Danzer, opening thoughts on that? On the spot. Did we lose you? Pastor Wolfmuller, I'll let you take a shot. Yeah, it, it, this is a fantastic point uh, that Pieper's making, and it's it's so fundamental, but it's helpful for us to remember that uh, that the reason why the Lord has to tell us about himself is because we can't know about it any other way. I mean, the, the knowledge of God is hidden from our reason and our experience. It is inaccessible to us. If we were to just go about and sort out what we know about God from nature— 
uh, or from reason, we would know that God exists, that he's good, that he's big, that he's mad. We would know those things. So that if the Lord is going to reveal his mind to us, and especially the mind of his great love to us uh, and for us, it's going to have to be in the scriptures. So, so the, the, because God dwells at inapproachable light, that, that inapproachableness means that if we're going to know anything about him, it's going to be because he's going to, he's going to tell it to us. And that's what theology is. Excellent. I'm working to get Pastor Danzer on the line here. We we lost him via Skype. But if if we're going to continue that thought then, uh, Pastor Wolfmeyer, maybe you can kind of take us a little more in that direction. How do, how do we respond then to the world around us that says there are many gods and you can't really know uh, who God really is or, or even along the lines of that our, um, that our own limitations with the mind make God unknowable? Yeah, I think we can concede the argument. I, I think, in, in fact, I think that's an important point. Is that, is that according to our own reason, according to our own um, efforts, according to our own capacity, God is unknowable. So that if we are to know God, it is that it is going to be that he is going to make himself known to us. That's the only way to do it. So if we are to try to develop a, a sort of a natural theology or a natural atheology, I think we want to grant the premise that it can't be done. You can't know about God unless he tells you about himself. And that's the argument that Pieper is going to be making, is because of that, because God in, in himself and God as he knows himself is inaccessible to us, the only way we know about him is that he would reveal himself to us, which is why we, we look, in fact, to see if there is something like a scripture. In, in, in other words, you see how we would almost expect this. It, 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 understanding our own natural limitations about being able to know God, speak of God, un, hear God, understand God, knowing our own limitations, we would then expect that if there is a God, and if that God wants to make himself known to us, that he would, uh, that he would uh, reveal himself to us, uh, and especially that he would reveal himself to us through means like the written word. And that's precisely what we find. In fact, the, the, the premise that you can't know God uh, by your own resources would then lead to the expectation that if there is a God, he would make himself known to us through our limited resources, through things like human speech and writing. And that's precisely what we have in the scriptures. God be praised. Yeah, a, a God who is powerful enough, who is all-powerful enough to work through powerless things, right? It's, it's like the, they think too little of the magnitude of God. He's so powerful he can't do stuff, as opposed to he is able to diminish himself, to enter into the the language of humanity, even in its fallen condition, and his purity is such to make it so that it does what it is sent to accomplish. Pastor Danzer, just checking, making sure you're there. I think we got you now. Can we hear me now? Absolutely, yes. Good stuff. So we're, we're picking up at the top of page 58 again, where Dr. Pieper has established that all true knowledge of God comes from the revelation of God, which we now have written down in the Holy Scriptures. Therefore, he says, the Christian doctrine is a doctrine of revelation that is divine, a doctrine out of the Word of God to instruct us. I think is I'm, I'm translating the Latin ad hoc there as we go. Nothing must be injected into this 
corpus doctrinae. That's some Latin you should know. This body of doctrine, or maybe body of truth, or, or the the living organism of what never changes. Right? Uh, nothing must be injected into this in the church unless it is coming directly from Scripture itself. And in order to accentuate this characteristic feature of the Christian doctrine, the old Lutheran theologians have called objective theology a theology out of the type or ectypal or derived from, that is, a reproduction, a representation of the theologia archetupos, the archetypal, the original, the from God theology, which is knowledge of God and divine things found only in him but which he has graciously communicated to man through his word inserted into our experience. Pastor Danzer, uh, anything in there or opening thoughts as well? Sure, and I love what Pastor Wolfmiller said, too. And I keep going back to that famous image of, like, you know, blind people trying to figure out an elephant, and they grab different parts and think it's a different being. One thinks it's a tree because you grab the leg and so forth. Um, the, the key piece that's missing in there, our response, I think, to that caricature of Christianity or any religion, is that, well, we think this elephant is talking to us. And because the elephant's talking, it's telling us, you're all grabbing me, now let go, um, and let's talk. Um, and that's what's going on here. Theology, whether you want to call it the knowledge of God, the study of God, or, or just simply words having to do with God— the question is, where do these words come from? And, and our assertion is they have to be words about God that are words from God. Um, and if that's the case, as, as we're asserting that it is in, in Christianity, then um, all of our theology is going to have to be nothing other than these words of God, which construct our words concerning or about God. And beyond that, we're going to be very hesitant. In fact, we're going to be we're going to refuse to go beyond that because then it's just then it's just uh, speculating about God, and it's actually kind of putting the blinders back on so we can you know grope around. Uh, but but that's pointless. Uh, we're not interested in that, and more importantly, God's not interested in that since He's given His revelation precisely to reveal Himself. Um, but these Latin terms are great, right? So the archetype: no one possesses God of Himself. No one comes to him and says, here, let me examine you for a while, God. Oh, I got you. You know, I understand you as well as you understand him. Of course, God's beyond us. That's, that's just basic to even the, the concept of a God, or you'd be a pretty pathetic God if you could know everything about him. But, but to, to have the things that are drawn out, the things that are known about him, that are, they have to come from him, or it's just this guesswork. Brian, you want to respond to that? I think that I and I had forgotten this, this these technical terms, the archetypal and the ectypal uh, theology here. So I had to, uh, you know, re remember these a little bit. And and the way that I got to the difference was, uh, and I think this goes back actually to the meaning of the words, is that if you, you can imagine a stamp, so imagine like a wax uh, stamp or a, a, a ring, a seal that an old king would use. You have the archetypal, which would be the stamp itself, and then you have the ectypal, that which that image which is left on the wax. Hmm. So I've got a little W wax that um, that I'll use to when I write a note to the kids, and I'll I'll melt the wax down there, and I'll press this W on there, and and so you have the stamp, and then you have the the impression of the stamp, and this is the picture that the old theologians that Peeper is bringing us from the old theologians, that the stamp is like the knowledge that God has of Himself. That's the archetypal theology, but then the, that impression is left in the scriptures, and that's the ectypal theology. 
So while we concede that there is a knowledge that God has of himself that we cannot get to, there is a perfect imprint of that knowledge that's left for us in the scriptures. And that, uh, so that when we when we do our theology from the scriptures, we know that we are saying that we are knowing about God and speaking about God exactly those things which he wants us to know and speak of himself. And we can have the confidence that even though we're looking at the at the imprint of the of the stamp, that it is a perfect imprint and it is just exactly what God wants us to have. I love that image. And so it, it made me think of kind of in a silly way, there's that there's that old poem, Footprints, which is about Jesus walking beside you in the sand. But it, just think about when you stand in the sand, it leaves a footprint in the same way. When God speaks, it does something, right? It leaves an impression. It, it has an action. And so even though rightly, I do not know the mind of God in and of myself. I have no way just to ascend to the knowledge of the divine elephant magically. I can grope and, and whatnot in the dark, but I don't really know. When the elephant actually talks, he can tell me who he really is, and I can actually know. I can actually know what the elephant is. I, I, Pastor Danzer, I love the, the end around you did with that, uh, that kind of classic argument there as well. And, and it reminded me that how different the approach to to religion is in those who are trapped within the opinion of the law. That is, they can only conceive of trying to find God as being like groping an elephant in the darkness, like I'm reaching out into the unknown, as opposed to this radically different thing, Christianity, which is God coming as light in the midst of darkness to make himself known. Not to say, find me if you can, but to say, here I am. No, 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 really, here, here I actually am. So a response to yeah. Brian or myself? Well, going back to what Pastor Wolfmuller said before and exactly what you were getting at, this natural knowledge of God, if we're going to try and come up with a natural theology, it's just going to be so limited, and we will never be able to put a firm, have a firm grip on whether this is our very, 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 very probable conclusion on the evidence we have, kind of a scientific way, or whether this is, in fact, us injecting our own, well, I'd like it to be this way, too. It's, it's just impossible to, to figure out where our knowledge has its flaws, if we're trying to come at from that way. You know, if we're stumbling across the footprints of God walking across the beach, and now we're going to try and discern something about him, well, it could be pretty interesting. Peeper says that's not what we're talking about here, even if we are using the image of a stamp or a wax seal or even a footprint. Uh, because the, the key difference is, again, God graciously wants to and is communicating to man through his word. He's, he's imparting himself to us in this word, which, which maybe is why, you know, better than just a footprint left by accident, it, it is a stamp. It is a message, and it comes with a whole word that it wants to communicate to people, and it wants to show with this word, you know, um, you have me, in fact. You have, I, I love the image of a stamp because, it, I mean, the reason you put that wax seal on is because you're trying to communicate something to them and to say, you don't just have words from me or from anybody else, you have me with these words. The full force of me is coming with them. Pastor Wolf Miller, but with about two minutes till break. Yeah, th this is really fantastic to, to, to meditate on these sorts of things because we live in this culture that says, I, I, I don't want to be religious, I want to be spiritual, which is insisting on having a God who does not reveal himself, who does not say anything or does not speak. And while we want to fight against that, in some ways we want to take that as an honest admission of the limitations of a, of a theology that does not have any revealed knowledge of God. And, say, and, and so when someone says, I'm, I'm spiritual and not religious, our response to that should be a great sadness. It's like, 
it's like someone saying, I, I never knew my father. <laughs> I, I, ne- I don't know his name. I, I'd never heard his voice. I don't know who he is. Uh, and, and that not only should, um, uh, you know, it should induce a pity to us. And this is the state that we should be in when we deal with modern theologians, people who are spiritual but not religious, and say, we're so sorry that you haven't heard the voice of your father. But look, here it is in the scriptures. And here is the better thing, the religion of God himself, the truth that he reveals uh, and he gives to us for our own great joy so that we not only know who we are truly, but we also know who God is. You don't want to be a, a picture without an image. You don't want to be a symbol without a meaning. You don't want to be a human without a God who can actually talk to you. You listen to Cross Defense. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Andy Bates, and I invite you to join me at 10 a.m. each weekday as we explore the stories of experts and everyday people in their given vocations. Faith and Family, weekdays at 10 a.m. on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. Underwritten by Concordia University, Wisconsin. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support for victories great and small. My victory was proving that a disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog a new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Given. It's a word we seem to hear less in our world today. We believe the word of God as it teaches Christ is given for you. That's what we at KFUO bring you. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Find the Give Now button at kfuo.org to support this mission. kfuo.org or call 1-800-844-0524 to make your gift today. In a world that is so busy insisting that every single human being has the right to self-identify as whatever we want to be, isn't it funny that we want to say the Almighty God does not have that right nor that ability, that he is limited to our own made-up interpretations of what he is, that he can't actually talk and tell us who he is, much less what he believes, much less what the future that he is creating actually holds. Talking with Pastor Brian Wolfmuller and Pastor Sean Danzer about objective theology according to Scripture as represented, repristinated even, in Dr. Francis Pieper's Christian Dogmatics. We're on page 58 of volume one, picking up at the first full paragraph there where he continues to state that to, to, to know God is to hear what he actually says. 
Some think that this terminology, and there he's specifically referring to that ectypal and archetypal distinction, the difference between the stamp which makes the impression and the impression that's left on the stamp, some think such terminology serves no purpose and is outmoded. Now, if you were listening, I mean, you had to be right there with me where when Pastor Wolfmuller pointed that out, because I, I never learned this, you're like, whoa, that's a great idea. Well, some don't think so. Some think this gets in the way of, of real knowledgeable theology. But it is thoroughly scriptural, Pieper says, and the theologians of all ages can profit by it. Now he's going to quote somebody. Rolobach says, I do not know whether anyone has pointed out that this distinction between ectype and archetype, which brings out the true nature of theology, is based on scripture. Nevertheless, it is clearly taught in the words of our Lord, Matthew eleven twenty seven. No man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Our old theologians furnish abundant proof for the scripturalness of this distinction. So, uh, Pastor Wolfman, I'll give you a first shot at this. So, so how does that quote from Matthew 11, how does that teach us this archetype, ectype distinction? Yeah, no, this is exactly right. Um, uh, it's a, it's a perfect quote, and it, and when you're reading through Matthew, you get to this text, and you're, it's a little bit surprising. You think, whoa, it sounds a lot like John, uh, how Jesus talks in the Gospel of John. Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic, because you have this inner Trinitarian. Uh, you have the opera ad intra, the works of God towards the inside and then towards the outside, and, and Jesus is saying, nobody knows the Father but the Son, so that the knowledge of God is reserved to the inner workings of the, this communicate this council this holy conversation between the father and the son and the spirit it's it's locked in there but he says but then he 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 kind of cracks it open and says and to those to whom the son is pleased to reveal him so the so that it is the it is the vocation of the son the son of god jesus uh, to make known the the person and the work of the father this is why Jesus is called the Logos, the Word of God, the the, the revelation of God, the, uh, the the making known of God. Uh, uh, John says uh, nobody has ever seen God except for the only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, and he's made him known. So that to make God known is this work of the Son, and so it is, um, it's understood that, that there is a, a hidden knowledge of God, and there is a revealed knowledge of God, and that they are the same that the thing that the Son makes known about the Father is the, is the same thing that the Son knows about the Father. So that this distinction is there, it may, it's maintained, but we have the confidence of knowing that as we know God ectypally, um, we can still rejoice that that's the, a true and, and profound knowledge of who God is. Pastor Danzer? And we're not lacking anything. It's interesting, I looked at the context there, I don't know how much you want to push this, but uh, the beginning of the prayer is, thanks that you've hidden them from all the wise and the understanding. I just want to think about all the theologians of the modern time that think this is really silly. I mean, repeating, representing, these are horrible words. And yet he says he's revealed them to little children who, who delight in repeating sometimes things that bore me to death, but uh, but they're usually the true things, it seems. Um and and that's the point. It seems a lot more theological, a lot more exciting to peer into the unknown mysteries and the deep things behind the words. But going behind the words doesn't mean you're getting past past something simple. It means you're going into dangerous territory. And in fact, impossible for us to know whether our speculations behind the words are actually getting at the real God or getting at the devil, or just projecting ourselves onto him. 
it is it is empowering and self-authorizing to be able to say, well, nobody can really know. Because that then means I get to make up whatever I want and, and at least for myself claim it to be so. Whereas it is it is humiliating to be told you're a child and I have to tell you that this is the way it's going to be. And yet at the same time, there's a great freedom and a great certainty in being a child who is cared for, right? Who is given what is good as opposed to being a child left in the woods alone to try to survive on their own. So it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just, well, we're bad. <laughs> and so we've reversed our way of thinking thing about Jesus, it. Next thing Jesus says is, all you guys who are laboring, come to me and find rest. In mm-hmm. it, right? Um, yeah. Take on this, me, this easy burden. I, I, I've never thought of it in this kind of the, the labor of theologizing before, but it is remarkable, uh, considering in this context, just to see that, I mean, our work is to rest in the words of the Scriptures, rest in this theology that God is giving to us and handing to us on a silver platter and saying, isn't this great? Here it is. Here's the Father. He's yours. He's your Father. You can pray to him, our Father. Be still and know that I am God is, is what comes to mind there. Scherzer, another, I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong, another of our old Lutherans, he writes this, Dr. Pieper tells us, the, the theology of the archetype is God's own knowledge of himself. And then he references 1 Corinthians 2, 10 and following, which it's the middle of a sentence in 10. So I'm going to pick up at 9. It says, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things... God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Now, that language, though, of by the Spirit, that's used in the charismatic sense in our present day to do the very opposite of what Paul is saying, which is say, look, we're proclaiming it to you. It's written down now. You can point to it. That language tends to go back in the other direction, that it's an unknown thing. you got to find it in the wind and, and whatnot. But his real, what he's driving at, revealed through the Spirit, does not mean you find it in the wind, the rain, the sun, the stars. It means that it has been proclaimed by Jesus, ear to mouth. It's being continued now from his apostles down to you, and you can test it with the veracity, the certainty of Holy Scripture. Pastor Wolfmiller, thoughts? Yeah, P- Peter tells us that the holy prophets spoke as they were moved by the holy spirit so the um so always the work of the spirit is connected to the prophets and also to the apostles when jesus says i'm going to ascend into heaven and send forth the spirit the comforter he also says as the father sent me so i send you so the apostles are sent along with the holy spirit so we don't look for the work of the holy spirit apart from the word but precisely in the word of god and so when when it says that the spirit makes known the deep things of god it's it's teaching us where, where do we find the deep things of God? Well, we find that in his revelation, in the scripture itself. The old theologians, he continues, develop the following thoughts. Only God knows God. We kind of were on that a moment ago. God dwells in a light which no man can approach. And he points us to 1 Timothy 6, 16, 1 Corinthians 2, 10, which is what we just looked at, John 1, 18, and Matthew eleven twenty seven. 27. And I, of course, I went and looked up 1 Corinthians, or excuse me, 1 Timothy 6, but I think the John 1, 18 passage is maybe the better one to look at first, right? Uh, no one has seen God, but God, the, the only God has made him known. I'm, I'm paraphrasing that pretty poorly there. But this, this idea that, God's inapproachable light, or we, we maybe use the language sometimes, the imminence of the divine trinity, or, or the inner counsel, the inner conversation between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, that ultimately, at, at the very end of all things, it's hidden. It's hidden in a way that we can never understand, know, perceive, or see. 
But like you said earlier, Pastor Wolf Miller, the vocation of the Son the, in the economy of the Trinity, in, in the working of God as Father, Son, and Spirit, the, the particular vocation of the Son is to come out from that conversation and to, with the Spirit kind of under, you know, around, working with him, but not directly, right? But with himself, the Son is the means to make known what was hidden, to reveal what, what was unknown. And in that sense, for us to be able to, like, literally see God face to face. I think that's what, what he's getting at here. I didn't look up that John uh, that John one verse. Maybe one of you guys did there in in the interim. But then we have the First Timothy six sixteen, which says this: uh, He alone has immor- immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. And that's that's referencing Jesus. <laughs> that's referencing Jesus. No one can see him, and yet we have. That, that's the mystery of, of what he does, is he makes known what can't be known. Um, let, why don't you jump in? Pick one. So what a mystery is, uh, I think I've said it before, uh, well, Peeper's kind of repeating himself too, but I mean, a Christian mystery is not uh, unknown just waiting for us to stumble across it any day, like the cure for cancer and AIDS and everything else. All these medical mysteries won't be mysteries soon. That's not the way the mysteries in the Bible are. They're, they're fully revealed things. Um, going at the beginning of First Peter, right, he says the prophets long look into these things. The angels don't even get this. But you guys know it perfectly, he says, right? How, how can we know these perfect things? I mean, we can. We, a littlest child can confess the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, they're baptized into him. Uh, the littlest child can confess that Jesus is God and man, that... Um, and yet the comprehending of it, the grabbing onto it as if we were the authors of it, as if our great theology had, had arrived at it or concluded it, it that, that's not how it works. It's, it's about God giving these things. Brian? This is, and it tells us how we are to do our, our theological work. Uh, we, you know, we are not trying to, we're not trying to, well, Luther would describe it like this, like sneaking up on God in his hidden majesty and finding him, gazing upon him nude, unclothed. This is not, this is not what the Lord desires of, of us, of, of, his, uh, of his pastors, of his Christians, and, and of all the theologians. No, that we look for God as he reveals himself to us. So that, so that knowing that God dwells in inapproachable light, knowing that no one at any time has seen God, we don't go to look for him. But we rather look for how he has revealed himself. We look, we look to the Son. We look to the flesh and blood of Jesus. We look to the words of the prophets and the apostles. And when we uh, busy ourselves with this, then we see God precisely as he desires to be seen. So Pieper goes on now to talk about how there is not, I think, I think if I'm getting this right, there is also a knowledge of God that you don't need intimate knowledge of the Son to receive, and that this also is rejected by by the world. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but I'm looking at the verses that, that he's having us look at next. So he says, God stepped out of this unapproachable light and revealed himself to man so that man can, and this is kind of the key here, in a measure, sort of, know God. He, God, reveals himself to man in the realm of nature and through his word. God's self-revelation in nature is the source of 
what we might call in quotes here a little bit, natural theology or the natural knowledge of God. God's revelation of himself in the word is the source and the only source of Christian theology of saving knowledge of God. And so to distinguish these things from what can be known simply because we are groping in the world, that God God has reflected himself or ectyped himself, right, out in the world, and, and yet what we can know in this natural way if we're honest about it, it's, it's quite bad news. I mean, the, the the lions are eating the lambs out there. This is a horrible universe we live in. And yet he has established a separate reality to save us from that decayed reality that we broke. He's told us we're the ones who broke it. I'm saving you from it by absorbing the brokenness into myself. And in the world to come, we're going to make sure that the lions don't eat the lambs and all this kind of stuff. Now, I'll take us to some of the verses here, but you guys want to just respond to that distinction first and foremost between the natural theology or the natural knowledge of God and the revealed knowledge of God. And I don't remember who went last. I think, I think you're up, Sean. I think uh, you covered it pretty well, and we've talked about it before, just that there are things, of course, that are evident in God, uh, about God and our Creator in this world. Paul talks about it at the beginning of Romans when he says, you know, that the immutable attributes of God have kind of been known and understood throughout time. Um, You can see evidence of the Creator. These are all footprints, you know. But these are the footprints that we come upon on the sand shore, and then we try and figure them out. This is us groping at the elephant. You know, what are we going to find about them? All true, true feelings, true experiences, true kind of empirical evidence about God. But it's going to be unknown. It's going to be left us to piece together what's going on. And the picture of it is never going to communicate what God intends about these things. What does he mean to do with these things? Or, or kind of the classic way of talking about it is, what does, how does God actually feel about me? Is he for me or is he against me in these things? Um, and in fact, most of the things we observe that are powerful and we and we sense God in are things like destruction um, and lead us to say, or, or yeah, the lamb being eaten by the lion. And that gives us a pretty clear sup- supposition of what God thinks about us. It's that he hates us. Of course, the Bible reveals there's plenty to hate about us because of sin. And yet the Bible is the place where where we reveal that God is actually communicating to us something else. He's communicating to us in Christ. He's revealing the fatherly heart of God to us, as Luther liked to say it. Uh, Jesus is the one who shows us the Father in action. And what is he doing? He's actually giving himself to us in words, giving himself to us to be grasped, to be known, uh, and to be known in a particular way, to be known as Savior, as mediator, as the one that we look to and trust in, and, and that he is totally trustworthy. He remains faithful even when we are not. A couple of these verses that he points to to make this distinction, and this is really so much of the value in Dr. Pieper's dogmatics, because you think, oh, he's just saying this stuff. How can he just say this stuff? He gives you these verse references, and if you go and you look at them in their context, it's amazing how they are what he's saying. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes it's like, wow, how did he, I've read the Bible. I haven't, I don't remember this verse. How did he pick that one out of the, out of the woodwork? Uh, Romans 119 isn't, isn't too far out of, I think most Lutherans have, have been through Romans one way or the other. He says, for what can be known about God is plain because God has shown it to them. His invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. From the creationists, you'll get the argument that that 
If you see a house, you know there's a builder, right? It, clearly, someone put that up. If you see a watch, you know it didn't just evolve. Somebody designed this thing. That's the kind of language that Paul is using in Romans. You also then have in Acts chapter 14, uh, the preaching of Paul, I think it's at Lystra, where he says, In past generations, God allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways, yet he did not leave himself without witness. For he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. I think in the in the prophets, I believe it's in the Psalms actually, where it also talks about the heavens declare the glory of God. And there is it Isaiah, their voice has gone out to the ends of all the earth that even the stars in one sense proclaim to a perfect creator creation that knowledge of the creator the problem is we're not a perfect creation anymore we're, we're a broken creation and and so as you said pastor danzer that the the atheist's argument of the problem of evil is that, look, if we judge God by what we see in the world, God's a real jerk. And there's this other side of, well, maybe maybe we're the jerks in this picture, but that doesn't stop us from having to acknowledge that what we see has to have been made, and this is this natural knowledge of God. Uh, Pastor Wolfmuller, with a few moments before break here, uh, we, you've been silent for a while. What's up? Here's what, and this is a helpful thing that people reminded me of in this text, and that is even when we talk about the natural theology of God, both externally in creation and internally, in the conscience, and these that we know that God is, that he's good, big, and mad. I mean, this is the kind of limits of natural knowledge and the definition of all theologies not based on the Bible. But, but Peeper is reminding us that even this, this natural knowledge of God, is revealed to us. We, we're able to see it because God has put it there. He puts a knowledge of himself into creation, both into the external creation and also into my conscience, so that even th the this limited knowledge that I have from looking around uh, is also a gift of God and is a uh, then rightfully a content of our own theology. Of course, it doesn't get to the saving knowledge. Pastor Danzer made that really clearly. But still, we remember that the Lord has not only stamped himself in the scriptures, he's also stamped himself in my own, in my own conscience and in the world. The fool says in his heart there is no God. Is it because there is no God or because he just doesn't want to believe in the God he sees outside of Jesus? Cross defense. We'll be right back. This week on Issues Etc., we'll discuss the Christian life with pastors Will Whedon and Heath Curtis. We'll look forward to the first Sunday in Advent with Dr. Carl Fikencher, and we'll have Pastor Tom Baker lead us in a Sunday school lesson on God sending the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Issues Etc., live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. Every day, things happen that affect the lives of Lutherans worldwide. Whether it's mercy efforts to a disaster-stricken community, threats to religious liberty, or cultural trends, World Lutheran News Digest takes an in-depth look at one issue each week as I interview newsmakers and experts. All Sarah Gulseth presents a quick look at the week's news. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 and Saturday at 9.30 on Worldwide KFUO. Batman, The Flash, Captain America are comic book heroes children all over the world have come to love. And many were drawn by a master comic book illustrator, Sergio Cariello. 
Sergio Cariello also spent years illustrating the Action Bible, which was first released in 2010. Its excellent comic book illustrations has made it a bestseller among preteens and teens. But drawing comic books wasn't a popular vocation choice with Sergio's family. To satisfy them, he spent a year studying at Word of Life Bible Institute in upstate New York. And while there, the verse Ecclesiastes 9.10 solidified his desire to be a comic book illustrator. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. Engage with the Bible, this book of all books, with all your might. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible. There is a difference between what you see and what actually is. I know that's really contrary to what the, the average Joe on the street thinks today. He thinks that everything is judged by what he sees, as if as if he himself were omnipresent, omnipotent, able to perceive all things. It's kind of arrogant if you think about it. There is a difference. There are things that cannot be seen. And the main thing that cannot be seen, the main thing that must be revealed to you is the mystery of God's mercy to a wicked and undeserving creation. That is what is not the natural knowledge of God, but what Dr. Francis Pieper calls the revealed knowledge of God. And then he has pointed us to a couple of Bible verses here to, to affirm this reality here on Cross Defense, talking with Pastor Brian Wolfmuller and Pastor Sean Danzer. So he points us to, to talk about not natural theology, but the revelation of himself, uh, John chapter 8, verses 31 to 32, which says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Interesting to me how much of the evangelical American Christian world likes that, that little bit. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Yet it seems we're in a grand experiment to try to have that freedom without the truth actually meaning anything at all. Meanwhile, Ephesians 2, verse 20 says this, The church is, you, you the church, are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Right? St. Peter and St. Isaiah, they are your foundation, not in and of themselves, but by what they say by pointing to Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom, in Jesus, the whole structure, the church, you and me, believers across time and space are joined together and grow into God's holy temple. Again, it's, people are fond of saying, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay, well, how so? How does the Spirit dwell within you? It's by this truth. It's by these words. Pastor Wolfmuller. To the word, to the word, to the word. That's how Luther says this when he's when he's trying to fight against the spiritualism that wants to find the the the, the truth of God's revelation not in the scriptures but in our own hearts. In fact, he has a word for that, which is really helpful for us to uh, get our heads around. It's enthusiasm, which is not just being really excited about something, but that's an actual theological stance, and that is that God communicates directly to the heart. And this is a danger. In fact. Luther will point out that God made Adam and Eve into enthusiasts in the garden, and that's what caused all the problems, that they trusted in the, their, their own reason, uh, their own understanding, rather than in what the Lord's Word had said. There's, so that every theological error, every heresy, every heterodoxy, every departure from the truth of God's Word begins with this disconnect between the truth and the Word. And prying those things apart is what the devil is always trying to do. And these scriptures that you quoted simply bind up these two things to where they cannot ever be separated. If you want to be my disciples, abide in my word. 
and you will know the truth, that the Word and the truth are together, always, eternally. The Word and the truth are together. That bit of the small cult articles that you referenced that Dr. Luther was speaking, which we happen to confess you know, as a right exposition of Scripture, as part of our, our Book of Concord, our Book of Harmony, our, our re-saying of what we believe Scripture says, that is, I think, my favorite segment of the Book of Concord. And yet, when I first read it, it was one of the first things I read, and it was my least favorite. I despised what it said. How he says that this enthusiasm that clings to Adam is the is the very first and ever-present lie of Satan that is the, the source of all heresy, even that of Muhammad and the Pope, he says. And there are some fighting words. But, but to, to drive home this, this main point, that in our nature— Fallen, broken, wrong-headed as it is, the thing we want more than anything else is to know who God is without God telling us that. And that when this is attacked by God telling us who he is, the old, the old man, the sin within us, it rears its head and it fights back hard. The reason I hated that passage was because it condemned me as a sinner. And yet... Without that condemnation, there is nothing to be saved from, which is why I love it so much now, because I lie dead at the feet of my own arrogance, and yet Christ loves me anyway, descending into that arrogance to buy me back from it. Pastor Danzer, what are your thoughts? I like also that he's talking about this being Christian theology, right? What I mean, he's not going into the big difference between natural and, and uh, biblical revelation, and yet it's there. The difference is Christ. Um, uh, th- of all the understandings of that cornerstone, I think the best one is just simply say, you've got the walls, the foundation walls of the prophets and the apostles, and they come together where? Uh, what they're pointing to, which hmm. is Jesus. Hmm. And, the, and then the upward building, which is the church in Paul's bigger image there, that's us. I mean, but where do we point back to, too? It better be the same place the apostles and the prophets are pointing, to Christ, that in this revelation, which is so offensive to our flesh, we don't want God to deal with us only by his external word and sacraments. And yet he does, and he does it for this purpose, that Christ may be all in all, that, that the focus may be on him, that, that even our knowledge of God, you know, the Trinity, you know, we might even say the deep things that are revealed mysteries, still have that caveat that we went back to it a couple times already in Matthew, that it's, it's only because the Son is revealing himself, is revealing it to us. And, and when the Son reveals it to us, he reveals it to us centered in his life and his incarnation, his death and his resurrection for us. That, that the reason that we want to assert so strongly and have for so many centuries against the opposition that the Bible is true, that the Word of God is the place we go for the truth, is not just because we want to have a really true rule book. It, it is because we want Christ to be preached going to finish up the paragraph here to make sure we get through it. So since man can know God only as he has revealed himself, right? That's what we've kind of banged hard as a drum here right now. And since he has revealed himself as the God of our salvation in the word, Christianity's scriptures, Christian theology must be ectypal. This is this an imprint of something left on us, right? Not something we create, but something that is created in our midst. It cannot be anything else than an exact replica of the divine doctrine contained in Scripture. Gerhard's presentation on this matter is worth reading, and then he footnotes it. Uh, there's some of it down there. But Luther is describing the, theolo- the, 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 the ectypal theology when he says that the Christian teachers are not prophets, but children of the prophets, catechumens and pupils of the prophets, who simply repeat and preach 
what they have heard and learned from the prophets. And when Scherzer, for instance, classifies the theology which does not conform to the original type, that is, when you make an imprint that is not made by the original stamp, when he calls this uh, mateologia, uh, vain theology, when he classifies it as heretical and empty babbling, and that this was not a... uh, not a novum in Lutheran theology. I think that means, uh, I don't know what that means, novum there. Uh, that This was not a good thing, more or less is what he's saying. Already, though, Luther has said this, whatever is taught in the church without scripture is not the church's doctrine. It is, and, and I gotta love Luther's language here even more than vain theology. It is silly prattle, uh, he, he calls it there. So you guys got a clue on novum or uh, if not, uh, something else to pull out of there? Yeah, I think he's, what he's saying is that this idea, the amateoligia is not a new thing. In fact, this way of thinking goes back to Luther. And I think what's going on here, let me just run this by you guys, and you can see if you think I'm getting it right, because I think there's something really profound. So people are saying, just like the perfect knowledge of God that he has in himself is unaccessible, but has to be imprinted in the scriptures, that that also informs how we do our own theology. And that is that, um, that, we, that the scriptures now become the stamp and the theology that we do, our own writing, our own teaching, our own preaching, is now the imprint of the scriptures. So because the Lord has shown us how to do theology, namely by making a copy of what only he knows and imprinting it in the scriptures, that means that our own theology is going to be nothing but an imprint of the scriptures in the particular context where the Lord has set us to preach and to teach. See what I'm getting at? I do, and I think it. you made me think of something else as you did it. It's in the same direction, going way back to what we were all talking about with the Son making known the Father. That is the Son's role to make known the Father. Now we, as brothers of the Son, we make known the Son, right? So that the the imprint, if you would find the Father, now you don't do that without the Son. You must you must get there through the Son himself. Uh, Pastor Danzer, you got a thought? Yeah, well, it's not like, well, we got the Father, good. We don't need you anymore, Jesus. Oh, no, not at all. That's the very thing we cling to. In having Jesus, we have the Father. And um, with the Scriptures, we don't, we don't have the Scriptures so we get beyond them so that we do theology, that we develop theology as theologians. That's totally wrong. Our job with, what what do we do with this that we've received is we confess it, we we echo it, we we pass it on uh, in simple and, you know, all of the things in the scriptures that talk about patterns of sound words. Um, Our job is not to develop it. And, And maybe that makes the task of theology very different than some other kind of intellectual pursuits, which are always looking to build always looking to innovate, you know, write a lot of new doctoral theses. Um, But we don't get to do that as Christians, because we're always confessing the same thing. We're always, um, we're always giving Christ. And and the fact that there can be a consistency between the unknown, uh, the unknowable knowledge of God and the known knowledge of the Scripture gives us confidence that our own theology can also be tr- a true reflection of the Scriptures. Hmm. So, th- so there's going to be an argument that's going to come in, and people are going to say, well, you know, theology can never be perfect like the Scriptures are perfect. And we say, no, 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 it can be, in fact. Uh, we can have a perfect doctrine. We can know the truth, uh, because the Lord ha- intends not only for the Scriptures to be inspired by the prophets, but also to be preached by the sons of the prophets and to be taught by the pastors uh, who stand in the office of the apostles. Can a perfect man leave a perfect imprint 
on an imperfect world. It really is the question, which is stronger, our sin or God's grace? And the one who says you can't really know God is is confessing that our sin is stronger than God's power to save us from it. And the, the distinction that sets Christianity apart from all forms of enthusiasm, which leads you to that legalistic death, is, is proclaiming, insisting that God's grace crucified on a cross is significantly omnipotently bigger than any distraction, uh, bending, brokenness, side direction, miscommunication, confusion, sinisterness, all of that is is really small potatoes next to the atoning sacrifice of the body and blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. We still got a couple of moments here, and I've been glancing down at this this uh, Gerhard uh, footnote this down here. Johann Gerhard, the great dogmatician of Lutheranism. He's a, a generation after Martin Chemnitz, who's a generation after Martin Luther. He, he writes this, and I, this language is just fascinating to me. The, the archetypal or prototypal theology is in God the Creator, right? So the stamp, the original stamp is in God, inasmuch as God knows himself. Ectypal theology, that's the imprint, is the outgrowth of archetypal theology, a copy, so to say, of it, communicated to man through God's grace. This means by which this knowledge, original in God only, is communicated, is the external word by which God here in time speaks to men. Oh, I skipped a line there. I missed the line I really wanted to get into. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, the, 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 the significance of this language to me today is, is the real big takeaway in this image of the stamp and the impression that the stamp leaves and that God himself knows himself so perfectly that he can declare it to us so perfectly that we can hear it and really know what it means. And not just that, that we can speak it again back out in the other direction so that the, the vocation properly speaking of creature now as human is to, as Peter says, declare the glories of God who have called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. With about a minute each to kind of close up your thoughts on the whole hour, uh, what did you pull away from today? Imagine a house that is so um, fantastically dangerous. I don't know, maybe it's on fire or something that we could never go in there. But someone with a, uh, a fireproof vest comes from inside of the house and says, this is what it's like in there. I mean, this is the picture. Jesus comes forth from the glory of God, and he says, this is what it's like up there. And he says, by the way, by the way, what it's like is lovely. It's beautiful. It's my Father who loves you. And also, by the way, I'm here to make a way for you to end up there as well. This is the joy of the revealed ectypal theology that we have in the Scriptures. Pastor Dan? Abandoning that, abandoning that, going away from that, uh, it has all the excitement of our own knowledge. But when we're, when we're, when all is said and done, we will have had, we'll be left with our own knowledge, and we won't have what the Son is giving. We won't have either what the Father has in Himself, and and that's the temptation. It's, it's, it goes right back to the Garden. I think you were getting there. That did God really say? We want to attack that. Uh, because Satan thinks we can find knowledge of God somewhere else. We can't. Uh, we have to go back to what God says. Yes, he did. And, uh, and, by, and in doing so, he reveals Christ to us, and we have all of his glories. We have the image of the invisible God. Pastor Sean Danzer is pastor at Trinity Lutheran Church in Great Bend, North Dakota, and Peace Lutheran Church in Barney, North Dakota. Pastor Brian Wolfmuller, he's pastor at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado, and author of the recent book from Concordia Publishing House, Has American Christianity Failed? Gentlemen, I thank you for being on the show and for, for teaching me in this hour. I appreciate it. You got it. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you. It was awesome. It's here. Here's the thing that I keep kind of wrestling with, right? And, and we're going to have Dr. Peeper making the same argument for a while, unless we just decide to skip some pages. Maybe we will. But but here's the thing: every little piece of this argument, although it's the same overall idea. The scriptures are what we found Christianity on. We only know God because God speaks to us. Every little piece of this argument adds to it an edge, an emphasis, a, a, a direction or, or a, a coined piece, right, that, that illustrates or, or further brightens what we have been given to know. And so, again, to conceive of, when you go into... Listen to that. When you go into church and you hear this, the pastor speak that this word is coming to you, not to leave you unaffected, but to imprint the very presence of God on you in the man, Jesus Christ. Listen to Cross Offense. I'm your host, Pastor Jonathan Fisk. We'll catch you next week. You've been listening to Cross Defense, produced by Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. Or you can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Cross Defense on Worldwide KFUO.